Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I am, as always, your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. I have with me almost my entire party. The uh, Warlock and the Rogue are late, and one of them should be joining us soon. Maybe even uh, just fashionably late enough to interrupt this... Yeah, just like that. Perfectly in time to interrupt this introduction. The Warlock just joined us. So... Before we get into character introductions one more time, uh, shout out to Critical Wick. I just got their new scent, uh, Fighter. Uh, it smells like leather, and I love it. If that sounds like something you would enjoy, try Fighter. It's a newer scent, and I gotta say, I really dig it. Um, uh, they also came out with a new scent, uh, Bard. It's yes. uh, super good, too. Correct. So, we have, uh, oh man, who was it? Yeah, our Warlock. Who's played by who and does what now? Hi, uh, this is Jesse playing Valandis. Uh, we have a fighter that does what? Uh, I'm a fighter who fights, played by Jeff. An artificer, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, hey, everybody, it's Dylan playing Boomer. I, artificer, things. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't articulate. He's not an articulacer, he's an artificer. Uh, and a cleric. Yeah, hi, my name's Scott. I'll be playing Slate. And I heal things. Last but not least, the face, the purse, the man of the hour, for some reason. Oh yeah, because of his sweet new shooting star meme, our bard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and edit that out. Yeah. It's uh, me, Austin, playing L. Alright. So... We last left our party off. They had just started a brand new day. Uh, one more day before they need to appear at the piers. That's a hard sentence to say. Of the Port Meldron, where they are currently residing. I believe Boomer had recently fixed his gun. Roderick the Pitless had just constructed uh, 19. And, um... No, 20, correct? Yeah, 20. And, um... 20. And uh, the party had just gone and made sure all their debts for previous purchases had been uh, handled thoroughly. So, you all have the rest of the day in Port Meldron before you're required at the docks in the next morning. What would the party like to do with that free day? Uh, I'd like to head to the Silver Fin at some point. Okay. Okay. Alright, that sounds like a pretty resounding decision. Uh, does anyone join the cleric? Uh, who was, we had decided he had departed to go to the Finn last session. Did I go with him? I seem to remember. It was closed. Ah, that's right. Wait a minute, it was closed, yeah. That was who it was. Okay, cool. So does anyone want to join the cleric? What did put the finishing touches on the gun? Yep. You should give it sweet race car flames. The problem is that they're actual flames that just don't go out. <laughs> uh, then I burn my my, my hands. Mm -hmm. Can I make load of shell into it? It should play a little heavy metal riff. No. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he would need to enlist like he. You'd have to like ins You'd have to insert like a bard's knuckle into every shell for that to happen or something crazy. Hey, L, are you using any of your hands? 
Seven, ten times. I'm definitely using my hands. One knuckle. To all my knuckles. This. Even, yeah. Twenty times. Alright. With my toes, baby. So, does anyone join the cleric? Alright, fine, yes, the cleric? The fighter joins the cleric. Okay. The, yes, I was going to say, I fuck it. The... We all met up outside of the, uh, the blacksmith. So, yeah, I guess Valen will go with them, too. Um, and you're starting to get choppy, Valen. Um, so, the group of you head to the Silver Fin. Uh, you arrive at the relatively unremarkable storefront, uh, with the exception of it is a terribly skinny store. Remarkably so. I mean, barely, barely your group wide. Uh, outside of a door, there's no in, there's no windows that show you the interior. There's merely a fin-shaped sign hanging above the door that says Silver Fin. And uh, the door smells like a harbor. Um, I'm going to approach the door and uh, try and open it. Do you open it? Immediately, all of you are washed over with the pungent and not entirely unpleasant or pleasant smell of a fish market. Oh. Uh, do we see anything else besides, or do we see anything along with smelling something? Uh, well, the only things that you can see inside the, again, very uh, narrow but relatively deep store is a series upon series of racks of potions and vials, a small scroll rack, <clears throat> and uh, at the back of the store you see a what can best be described as a slimy halfling uh, clacking wet coins against themselves as he seems to count up his earnings for the morning so far. He uh, looks up and peers through a monocle as you all enter, or at least open the door, and he goes, Ah! More customers. Please, come inside. Uh, okay. I accept the invitation and walk inside. Uh, it wasn't just, like, pressure leaving the room that that was that smell. This entire store seems to reek of fresh and not-so-fresh uh, fish. Uh, so I'm going to approach the halfling and uh, say, Hi, my name's Slate. Uh, one of your agents propositioned us in an alleyway. I know that sounds kind of wrong, but uh, offering us potions. And while I didn't take him up on it last night, I thought better of it this morning. We're uh, about to go on a voyage, and I was wondering if you had any potions that a cleric might want while he's on a ship. Wringling his hands together, you can see a few drops of thicker-than-water fall from his hands. And he goes, Excellent. Yes, a healer on a long cruise. Are you heading towards tropics or temperate climates? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Where is our destination, gentlemen? I turn back and look at the party. Well, we'll be heading south, uh, down towards, um, <clears throat> the Twitsyarda. So we're heading towards Yarda, whatever kind of climate that is. Mm, yes, very temperate. So, I will have to make sure that I procure the potions for you of a more viscous constitution. Otherwise, they can become sullied and, well, impotent in hotter weather. So, what is it that you're looking for? Something to 
facilitate your healing services, or something to keep you more buoyant, perhaps? Uh, I'd actually like a, a buoyancy potion in case I uh, fall over shit. And um, if you've got anything um, on the healing side, I'd like to take a look. Well, of course. And he gestures to one of the lower racks that you're standing next to. Again, like, you can barely turn without knocking things over with your with your pauldrons. And you, get, and you see an entire row of relatively uniform-looking potions, the contents of which have clearly separated in three stages. Uh, and he goes, yes! And he grabs one and shakes it violently until it, re, you know, mixes... Uh, and begins to gently glow a very, very, very pale light, uh, almost like if the moon glowed. And he goes, "This is a very simple but potent magical healing potion that would bring the vigors to even the most sickly." What's it cost? Oh, a mere trifling, forty gold coins. Uh, forty gold coins. What's the buoyancy potion going to cost me? Well, that depends. Are you looking for an oil to coat your armor that would last you a few days at a time? Or are you looking for something to ingest in a panic rather than preparation? Out of curiosity, what's the difference in price between the two? Well, one is probably cheaper, that is to say the armor oil, but then again, you would have to have the privilege of time to apply it before getting any value out of it, so to say. But there is something... Despite the cost increase due to the potency required of the concoction, Ugh. he sort of like drools a little out of his mouth. <laughs> a, a buoyancy potion can do in a pinch, despite its foul odor and unpleasant taste on the stomach. If, uh, well, it's better than death. I hear you there. So, what are the costs of the two potions? I understand there's a price difference. Right, of course. Uh, the buoyancy potion would run you closer to 200 gold coins a vial, uh, which, of course, you would need to imbibe the entire vial for you to have a represented effect. Uh, the oil, however, I could part with for 80 gold coins, for which you could get three applications to even armor of your caliber. Uh, <clears throat> but, of course, this would take some time uh, to apply. And it would last well, a few days. Well, 200 gold's a little out of my price range. But I would love to have you part with your armor oil. Yes, of course. How about your allies behind you? I'm afraid you're a bit wide in the shoulders, hard to look past. Right, right. Gentlemen, do you guys need anything? I'm going to step out of the way. Is, um, sorry, just so I have, I can remember this for future. Isn't the cleric a dwarf? Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. but the guy saying it's a halfling. Huh. Get cool. it? Yep. Yep. <sighs> Karen holds up a hand. I'm, I, I don't need anything. Thank you, though. Um, you sure? Something to do with those scales? That could be contagious. <sighs> What's wrong with my scales? Oh, are they natural? Oh, big guy. I think so. He says, oh. kind of preening his chin for a moment. What color? Oh, may I have one? What are you going to do with it? We'll make a potion out of it. This is an alchemy station, isn't it? I guess I walked into that. 
Um, I, I will tell you what. If you give me a small bundle of five or so scales, I will take that many coins off of the value uh, of, of, of one of my purchases for your ally. Uh, Garen would look over at uh, Slate. Say if you're buying something, I'm going to have a problem doing it. Uh, that's up to you. If somebody was asking me for my scales, I'd find that awful personal. And I got the money for a potion, so. Not to mention, I feel like we should get more than a gold of scale. Well, uh, you don't exactly grow gold anywhere, do you? I've been working on it for years. But your friend, <coughs> he definitely grows those scales. He might, but you're asking him to rip them off for gold. I mean, we had we, we got a fillet of a Triton woman. What's that have to do with anything? You have Triton scales. Oh, bad. <laughs> Not anymore, unfortunately. Damn, pricey those are. Hard to find. I believe it. Um, I think I'll hold on to my skin right now. Thank you, though. Of course. A pleasure. And if you should you ever concede the contrary, please grace my door. Certainly. I will keep it in mind at all times. So, anyone else interested in anything other than your friend at the forefront? Taking my hand down from my mouth just because of the smell in the shop. No, I'm alright. I don't think I need anything in here. Lovely. He's sort of like into his hand and like slicks his hair back and and extends his probably still relatively residually gross hand towards... Uh, your cleric and says, So, sir, healer of the seas, what is it that you desire, and shall we make a deal? Uh, the desire is for the armor oil, and uh, <clears throat> I'll extend my hand, assuming that he's trying to, you know, complete the deal and be yeah. like, I'll gladly trade you 80 gold coins for some of that buoyancy oil. Of course! And he takes your hand, shakes it rather vigorously, several droplets of not water fly off. It's a little gross. Um... And uh, as you begin to procure your 80 coins, he grabs uh, a pair of bottles. Uh, and uh, As he turns around, I'm going to discreetly uh, wipe my hand off on the sure. back of my armor. <laughs> uh, and as he turns back about and he has sets down what looks almost like a slightly like bell-shaped um, perfume bottle, a pair of them, uh, one filled with almost like algae-ridden water, and the other one looks closer to sea foam. He Mm. says, very carefully now, when you decide to finally use it, you only have a week of time after you combine these two agents to get full effect. I would suggest that you mix them together at uh, one-third of each potion bottle so you don't spoil your, well, plans. Uh, fair enough. You wouldn't happen to have a, an extra bottle, would you? I'm uh, short. Of course. And he almost like from his belt produces a, an additional smaller potion bottle and sort of slides the three towards you and puts both hands out as if begging for alms to receive the coin. Uh, uh, so I, I put the coins uh, in his hand and uh, apologize. I kind of give him a nod and be like, I apologize. I didn't catch your name. Oh, uh, Matt, well, <laughs> uh, Herbert Silver. Uh, 
Uh, well, Herbert, you mind if I call you Herbert? Not at all. Uh, it was a pleasure doing business with you. Thank you kindly for the instructions, and I'll make sure to follow them when I apply the oil. Yes, be thorough. Uh, and with that, I'm going to nod and say, yeah, you guys sure you don't want anything? Because I'm about to head out. As oh, he turns it, sure. as, as, as Slate turns over to ask that question to you all, probably any of you with a passive perception over th- uh, 14 or so would see him, uh, Silver, uh, take a gold coin and, and swallow it as he then puts the other coin away. <laughs> oh. Yep, I'm out. <laughs> Uncomfort. LVs without touching anything, including the floor. <laughs> Alright, so you all, uh, I assume you take your, your oil and leave. Uh, yep. Um, <clears throat> as they head out the door, uh, Garen would look to, uh, his drow companion and say, is it normal to ask people for their skin at first meeting? I, I don't know. I don't know. That whole thing was just, uh, it was a little disgusting. So All right. I wouldn't put it past that guy to ask for skin. Good. I just didn't want to make sure that I wasn't, you know, out of date on social norms. Also, Slate, you know you're going to get some of that um, mucus in, uh, in that mixture, right? I assume that was part of the ingredients. Looks like it's in all of his things. Oh, I'm sure it's in all of his things. <laughs> I mean, I seem like a man who knew what he was doing. No arguments. Mm. Anywhere, anywhere else you guys want to go? Um, a bath? Uh, house? Uh, someplace with a piping hot water and <laughs> lots, and lots of soap. Uh, I've got a question for y'all. Since you've been here, have any of you guys found a sick house or a hospital in the town? No, but the tinker might know. Uh, if it's all right with you, I've probably got some business there. I'm going to go back to the tinker and get directions to a hospital or sick house. Fair enough. What kind of business? Um, it's personal, but it's not malicious in any way, I promise. Well, didn't sound it. You're a healer. Going to a hospital. Would be pretty it's fucked up. If, that yeah, would be pretty fucked up if you were just like, all right, now that I'm in the orphan wing and all the guards have left. <sighs> you don't know me. You don't know my life. Sorry, child. It's not going to work out for you, young one. <laughs> <laughs> He's killed uh, all the younglings. And Claire killed 14. If that's the end of the conversation, I'm going to head out the door back to the Tinker's yeah. house, Dracon. Sure. I'm, I imagine you guys have all tried to have left that place in some manner of haste. Quickly. So, yeah, you guys, uh, yeah, does everyone go back to the Tinker? Does, yeah. everyone, does everyone go Actually, back? Actually, there is. Good. Um, I was going to say, is, is there like any kind of a backyard or anything to the Tinker's house? Yeah, but it's not substantial. It's almost entirely used for his, you know, uh, crafted up forge. All right. Is there anywhere that uh, Karen could kind of just like swing around that halberd to think of something? Yeah. Cool. Um, he, he's been thinking a lot lately on how he saw... Um, sort of that almost otherworldly light from his halberd when he stabbed out with it at the monastery. And he was going to try and figure out if that was just a figment of his mind, or if it actually had an effect on things around him. 
Yeah, so focusing on your halibut as you cast it about, um, not much happens at first, and then you kind of lose yourself into practicing form, uh, and your blood starts to pump faster, and you kind of, you know, build up a good heat and sweat uh, practicing, and it's during that active time uh, where you see the blade glow almost like turquoise energy and leaves like a slice in its wake and then like noticing this you stop and hold it strong and you see that the blade seems to be a little longer than it normally is although that extra inch or few is from the energy forming like a coat around the uh, the weapon's uh, blade um Karen thinks that's awesome have I told you what this weapon does yet? No, you've said it's a plus one, but other than that, no. It okay. has an additional effect. Alright, um... You can go ahead and just say that I put, uh, just, uh... This was the Grandmaster of the Balance's Blessing, correct? Uh, he was, yeah, was that the one that reforged it and got rid of the, uh, necrotic? Yeah, so he has his blessing on it. Um... At the start of a combat where you roll initiative, I will roll a secret die. And until that round happens, the weapon just has its plus one bonuses as you're expecting it to. But uh, as you build up heat and fighting spirit by, you know, battling, eventually it reaches a peak and the weapon will become more than it normally is. Um, and I will tell you how that manifests should you ever reach that point. That sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. I, I've written that down on my character sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that um, Garen's swinging around to Talbert, um, I'm going to walk up and draw the new short sword that I've got, the tiger's eye short sword, and um, kind of Okay. Okay. Seeing that um, Garen's practicing, um, I'm going to walk up and uh, pull out the Tiger's Eye short sword that I had and kind of hold it up and say, hey, fancy a spar? Uh, He'd kind of plant it in the ground, breathing heavily, and uh, nod with a smile and say, absolutely. All right. About time we shook off some of the cold. Alright, do you guys want to have, like, a fake fight? Yeah. Do you want to yeah, do, do want to roll it out, or just role-play it? I just RP it. Yeah, go Unless for it. he wants to roll it out. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm fine with either way. Yeah. Alright, so in give the middle me... of the fight, I want to come out and shoot one of their things out of their hands. Okay. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> It'll destroy it. I'm joking. Alright, um... So yeah, you guys uh, go ahead and give me an initiative, and then you guys can take turns uh, giving me a few seconds of RP combat. Cool. 18. 17. Wow. All right. Take it away, Garen. Um, Garen, kind of smiling at his friend, would uh, rush forward and... Actually, just try to be cheeky right off the bat and see if he could kind of sweep one of his legs with the blunted part of his halberd. Not wanting to, obviously, break or chop his friend's leg. 
Uh, I'm going to try to step out of the way of the swing, uh, just do a sidestep, and then try to flat blade him on his uh, shoulder pad. Do you want me to make a dex roll on the move? Uh, so, <clears throat> I'll go ahead and resolve conflicts, so okay. this doesn't dissolve into like a early 2000s chat room combat. Uh, star hook star oh my god <laughs> uh so so Gaharan, you rush forward and and throw like a mighty blow towards his leg very telegraphed kind of wink 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 nudge nudge oh yeah yeah he's not taking it seriously right just yet well okay so so you're not swinging full force you're just kind of like mocking with some yeah, speed Garen, he's pretty fairly physically confident so he's kind of just like oh gotcha kind of all right so uh in turn, your your warlock friend Valen sees that you're not taking this as seriously as he probably was hoping you would, and not only puts the flat of his blade uh, to tap your chin as he leaps over your weapon, but then, uh, you know, flicks uh, across your your shoulder and, like, scores uh, first blood as a single scale nicks to the ground as he stands on the other side of your weapon from where you cast it. Um, Garen would give him what could be described as the the O face of betrayal as he touches his shoulder. Oh, come on. You were going to give one of those away earlier. (laughs) Alright, Valid, you get... actually point to it and say, that's a gold coin. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Alright, Valid, you get to take uh, aggression this turn. Alright, um... Alan will try to close distance. Um, well, I'll try to get inside of the range of his really long halberd and just kind of throw my shoulder into him, give him a little check. Um, not really swiping at him. Um, I already cut him a little bit. So I'm just trying to check him with my shoulder. Oh, I mean, I the way I described your cut, as it were, is like you barely nicked his tunic, you know? Right. Uh, all right, so you're just going to try and, like, like, throw your shoulder into him? Yeah, just run up and shoulder check him. And what's your response to that? Uh, Garen's actually super pumped about someone trying to physically shoulder check him. And he's actually just going to chest thrust straight into it with a bounce of his legs. Right. Of his meaty, thick man legs. Buff boy move. <laughs> just jerkily so, squats it. <clears throat> so Valandes uh, lunges, and you see immediately that there's something different about this attack. He's not brandishing his weapon at all. He seems to be putting everything into trying to knock you over. You realize this and grin. You plant your feet strong. You puff your chest out in an action hero pose. And as Valandes slams his weight and effort into the into the center of your body, and it shakes you, and one of your feet sta- stammers for a moment, but you stand tall and look down at him as he has not completely unsuccessfully tried to knock you over. <laughs> Just gonna look up and say, well, I guess I got out of the way of the first one, so this one's yours. Um, Karen would kind of laugh at that. And, uh, <clears throat> reach down to pick him up and actually just kind of throw him back if he's able to. Alright. And then, uh, Valen, how do you respond to being thrown? Um, mid-throw, I'm going to try to kick off of his chest just to give myself some more backward momentum and kind of regain 
a little more sem- semblance of control. Sure. And then try to land on my feet and uh, just kind of set my sword down and say, whew, all right, um, well, I think we're good. <laughs> so you grab him and throw him f- over five feet away. But as you begin to do so, Valen puts both of his feet on your chest and launches himself off of your chest of his own volition rather than being thrown. Lands ten feet away, mostly gracefully, and seemingly about to uh, sheathe his weapon, as it were. You hear your weapon speak to you. And it says, Rend the earth with me. Um, He would, for one second, look at his weapon with confusion. You but, can see that the the, uh, the blade is again wreathed in this turquoise energy. But he said the earth with me? Rend the earth. Oh, yeah. Garen's going to take that very literally. And uh, as his friend Valen lands, kind of chop the blade into the, into the ground in front of him and see what happens. <clears throat> as you do, a rupture strikes through the ground for 15 feet ahead of you. Valen, make a deck save. Whew. Um, that's a 19 alright you leap out of the way but the force of the rend that cuts through the earth's surface knocks you to the ground just just outside of the width of this sort of cut through the ground and you take 3 force damage and uh, this continues on until it uh, puts a rather sizable hole in the tinkerer's wall Uh Uh-oh. Um, Garen doesn't really move. He kind of just looks like with a, uh... Uh... uh Uh-oh. After that happens, the weapon is no longer glowing, uh, and you can see that there's a probably few foot deep cut through the earth, almost as if, like, you struck the earth and the reverberations from your blade shot through it until it, uh, like, came up and the force punched a hole in the wall. Uh, everyone in the Tinkerer's house notices a rather large kaboom and uh, that there's a fucking hole in the wall. Um, uh, Boomer is going to just look at, like, walk up to the hole in the wall, look out and be like, what the hell? I can't leave you kids alone for like five minutes. God damn it. Uh, I and then get up and look at the fissure and look at Boomer and say, I'm not even mad. That was awesome. I mean, it's pretty cool, but this ain't even our house, man. Come on. I'm not paying for that. You need not pay for anything. And uh, can I cast Mending to fix it? The Tinker already is. Oh, cool. I'll help him out then. All right. Um, you also see 18 has approached and sort of waves both of your hands away. You and the Tinkerer. Uh-huh. Uh... And 18 opens its chest cavity and, like, draws a long wooden finger into the the cage where it's jar with a probably soul and brings out a small droplet of the energy mm. within and, like, draws a circle and then a magic symbol within that circle. And almost as if it rewinds the time that the damage is was done, the wall rebuilds itself. Alright. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty alright. 
stay full of fun new stuff. Um, uh, well, 18, thank you. I appreciate it. Boys, you guys are having a lot of fun out there. But, good news. And Boomer will sling the thunder cannon off of his back and be like, shit, get out. So you gesture that to uh, the wall? Oh, no, to, to the boys. The boys outside. I walked outside of the hole in the wall to fix okay. it. Okay, okay. I thought you tried to fix it from the inside. <laughs> no, no, I was out. Like, I wa- like, walked out, looked at it, yelled at them, turned around, tried to fix it. All right. Check it out, boys. It's fixed. <laughs> the Thunder it's Cannon like 2.0. It's glorious. Yeah. yeah, on the stock of it, it has like a silhouette of a, of a, of a pretty lady <laughs> on the side of it. <laughs> like, you know, you'd see on the back of like Trucker's Flaps. Right, but it's not like a dead hat, a dead gnomish woman on both sides of the stock. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh,. Maybe on one side it has that. On the other one, it says "I heart mom with a like or mom with the heart on it." Right. Yeah. yeah if, if the butt of the weapon doesn't say "fuck scooter," <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I should put in Nomish on this. Oh no, that's what I carve into my bullets. Scooter's <laughs> name. Um, Karen would look at Boomer and just say, more or less, how impressed he is with the weapon's reconstruction before he kind of puts the butt of his halberd into the ground and, and says that uh, it wasn't right and you're not having that boomstick. Oh, tell me about it. Anyways, hey, you got that shield steel, all right? Right, boy? You, you got it, Scaly? You, you want to, like, pull that out for a second? Hold on to it? Sure, how can yes, this possibly run? go bad for me? The tinkerer stamps his foot down and goes, can this not happen where I live? I'll shoot out towards the seal, boy. Oh, yeah, his neighbors must hate him right now. Yeah, I was going to say, he points to all four sides and reminds you that his house is surrounded by buildings on all four sides. Oh, well, we'll, <laughs> then we'll, do, this, we'll do this later. You right, you right. And then I'll just, like, wave at the neighbors, be like, sorry, y'all, I apologize. You know, carry on about your days. You see several concerned families looking out their window. Yeah, Karen's definitely going to sheepishly, like, hide his halberd behind his back like it's a baseball bat and he just broke a window. Right. Yeah, I'm going to sheathe my sword and walk over to Garen and kind of like hide my body behind the majority of his. Right. He'd uh, look at Valen and say, hey, are you actually alright though? Because that kind of, I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh, I got bruised up, but it's totally worth it. Do it again later to bad things. It'll be good. Yes. Yes. Sorry, sorry. That's fucking my mic. Uh, you should move away from it to breathe in. What? Um, Alright. So if what, you boys ain't doing anything else, I've got business to attend to. I've got nothing else planned for today except for a trip to the tavern. Me neither. Well, what are you doing, Boomer? Well, I'm going to go get supplies, and I'm going to build our cart bigger and better, put the headlights on it, I mean, the, the bright gems on it. Uh, I know we got a long travel. I need to keep myself occupied uh, and start working on a couple other things. So we'll oh, go ahead and... By the way, Scaly, one more thing. Uh, you're kind of big and bulky 
and sync really well. And I'll, I'm going to take the uh, the ring of water walking and I'm going to hand it to him. Like, here, give this back to me afterward. Don't on the boat. Don't die. I appreciate that. I really wasn't fancying paying that potion seller's prices for those buoyancy potions. Uh, what potion seller? I just don't want you to drown because I can't lift you. And I, I, you stop people from punching me in my face, which I appreciate. Yeah, we're I not like going to talk thing. about the potion seller. I like Great. this thing that we Anyways, have going on, Boomer. Yeah, me too. Master Blaster is leader of Bard Town. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, let's assume that Slate had the good blessings to ask the Tinkerer immediately about the situation and was not privy to the mild uh, urban terrorism that occurred. <laughs> Everybody's fine. <laughs> Did anyone Where's die? Slate? No. No. <laughs> you die. Death is not required for something to be terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just harmless terrorists. It's the halberd of peace. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Accidental terrorism. No, we're done with this joke. This bit has run its course. Earthquake <laughs> of love. Oh my god. Am I being detained? Yes. <laughs> I am a sovereign citizen. Anyway. <laughs> so, Slate, you asked the tinker. He points out that uh, there is a general care healer that tends to several people at once, uh, and there is a couple of churches in Port uh, Meldrin that tend to sick and wounded from time to time. Um, uh, I'm going to ask the Tinker uh, where the highest volume of people that gets treated is. Well, if there's ever overflow, it goes to the churches, but almost always the poor good doctor down the way has full beds. I'm sure if you are a healer, which you claim to be, he would love your time. Uh, with that, I'll thank the Tinker for the information, bow slightly, and um, I'll turn to the party and I'll let you guys know that I'm headed off to the local doctor to have a discussion with him. And you give them where where that is. So, like, the, the, the party knows where you are. I'm not going to keep track of this. Um, it's not a far walk. I mean, mer- merely five to ten minutes down a couple of roads... Uh, does the bard join you? Sure. <laughs> Alright. Always curious about people. So you guys, uh, do you guys have anything you wanted to chat? I think this is the first time you two have been together for, uh, alone. Uh, that, that is true. Um, really quick, that remind me what your name is in game. L? L. Yep. L. Alright. <laughs> and you are Slate. I am Slate. That is correct. I are Slate. <laughs> um, so like as we're walking along I'm gonna ask El uh, so El how'd you uh, join this ragtag group of adventurers oh well it's a bit of a story to be honest uh, let's just say that I left home under uh, unexpected circumstances and I fell in with the adventurers guild which led me to the help me out coalition thank you led me to the coalition and uh i was assigned to this group and well the rest is history um 
we've banded together quite nicely, actually. I think I was rather lucky to be thrown into this lot. Uh, and yourself? I take it you were with another group before this one. That's right. Um, I actually, believe it or not, used to be part of a mercenary group. I know. Hard to believe. And uh, the group was ambushed. Needless to say, I had to find other means of procuring money. So I went to the Adventurers Guild outpost to sign up for a new assignment. And um, they said there was a group in town that had very important business and they needed someone of my caliber. So uh, I went to the tavern where the Adventurers Guild said they'd most likely be frequenting. And that's how I got here. I see. Well, it's good that you made it. Actually, your story is very similar to Geheron's. I, oh, really? I don't know too many details, but I understand that he was also part of a mercenary group that was well, met a tragic end. Oh. I'll have to ask him about that. You should. You two, I'm sure, can commiserate. Uh, I'm not into that, but I... I would like to ask him about his past. Who do you? Uh, you can't just ask people about who they commiserate with. That's kind of rude. That's uh, what you call me. You're right. Forgive me. Not much longer after that point. So not much of an awkward silence is in, is having to be endured before you reach the home uh, of the address, rather that you were uh, expected to get at. <laughs> Standing outside is a half-elf woman dressed in somewhat uh, dirty uh, uh, apron and uh, formal clothes underneath. And uh, she looks at the two of you as you approach her home and looks and uh, sort of takes half of her face mask off and goes, well, you two gentlemen seem to be in quite good health. What is it that brings you here? Um, so I'm going to walk up to the elvish lady, half-elf lady, and uh, introduce myself. Well, my name's Slate, and I'm looking for the local doctor. And she sort of puts her hands towards herself. Well, that would be myself. Ah, oh, uh, fair enough. Um, I came here to offer my services. I'm both a proficient healer as a cleric, and I've studied quite a bit of medicine, and I'm willing to provide help, anything that you need in exchange for information. She sort of looks past the two of you and around and says, Well, then step into my boudoir of pain. And she opens the door to her home. Uh, I'm going to turn around to L and uh, try and discreetly wink at him and be like, I like her. <laughs> Who doesn't? So she sort of guides her hand towards to suggest that you all go in before her. Uh, I, I follow unquestioningly. Mm -hmm. Alright, mm -hmm. she closes the door behind the three of you and uh, gestures to a couple of chairs that form a, almost like a love seat sort of situation and uh, she pulls up a stool and sits before it and again gestures that you all sit there. The room you're in is a pretty simple uh, square room with a staircase that leads up, a staircase that leads down, and uh, two doorways that lead into extra rooms. And this almost looks like it's a, a foyer, to be proper. Hmm. Um, excuse me, miss, I didn't get your name. What was it? 
she removes the thin leather glove from one of her hands and puts forward a impressively uh, well manicured but calloused hand uh, and says, "Oh, my name is well. You can call me Doctor Vel. Most people call me that, but my proper name is Velja. It is a oh, pleasure." Yeah. Dr. Ville, it is. Nice to meet you. And I shake her hand. Her shake is firm. You can feel the muscles in her arms at work to show that she's probably cracked a few ribs before uh, by hand. Uh, But at the same time, there is an air of delicacy to it. Uh, And then uh, after that, I'm going to kind of look at Elle and suggest that we sit on the couch. Love seat. That's you. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm gonna sit on the love seat and uh, look back at Doc Val. So she she sits down back on the, the little stool after replacing her glove back on her hand and says, "Well, that doesn't explain your incredibly charming but very nonverbal friend. Uh, but before I get to him, allow me to address you fully. What is it that you aim to do here, and what exactly is it you aim to inquire after as charge for your services?" Uh, I'll, I'll be straight with you, Doc. Um, I like to help people who are sick, and the information I'm going to ask you is fairly straightforward. Have you ever heard of a sickness known as desert drought or desert fever? Is the other word for it. Right. Why, uh, I believe I have. Well, any information you have on that uh, disease, I would appreciate greatly and offer my services in exchange for whatever you have. Out of character, is this something that's in one of the books that I should know about, or is this something that you're making up? It's it's just in my backstory. My sister died of desert fever, and I had no ability to fix it. Right. And so I, I, every time we have downtime and IRP, I'm either going to be praying or trying to find a cure for desert fever. Sure. Have you constructed any symptoms or whatnot, other than the fact that it's lethal? Uh, that is up to the DM. I left it open cool. so that you had full full reign on it. Sweet. I just didn't want to play with something if you had already begun to build it. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Cool. Yeah, well, then we can build this together. Uh, so she says, well, if you find yourself downstairs, there are people that are recovering from grievous wounds, and if you head upstairs, you will find the sick and diseased. Uh, if you can put your your kindness to any of them, I would be glad to help you in turn with what I've learned. That sounds mighty fine, Doc. I appreciate it. Uh, and then I'll stand up and say, if you don't mind, I'll just get started now. I'll take payment after I've completed my task. says, well, that's how it goes. Thank you. Then I'm going to trot downstairs. Okay. Uh, she turns to L and says, so... I imagine that there's no small amount of magic in you. What is it that brings you here? I possess a little bit of healing magic, but actually I was just in support of my friend. Um, I was unaware that he was here to make an exchange. I thought he was simply doing good works. Well, he's charging me for the petty information for a disease, and considering the complexion of his skin, he either has it or he knew someone that had it. And, uh, well, I can't say if it's the latter that that person is doing very well. He has traveled very far. You make a good point. I'm learning a lot about my new friend today. 
Well, uh, simply point me in the direction and I shall cast what limited magics I can. Again, grievous wounds downstairs, sick and diseased upstairs. Well, my magic, I think, is best suited to trauma. Though, my personal disposures, dis disposition is not. But we shall overcome. And he makes his way downstairs. Very good. And she sort of, like, bids your attention before you step away. She points to a small tin bell hanging by the door frame of the door outside and she says, When you and your friend are quite done, if you would ring that bell, I will come to your come to attend to you then. But uh, I will be upstairs unless you need me otherwise. Thank you. She rises up, dusts off her again slightly dirty apron, and heads upstairs. Um so Slate, you get downstairs first, and you see a slew of about ten or so beds, most of which are uh, have maybe one or two bloodstains amongst them, whether it's uh, current or old. In six of the ten beds, there are wounded people of various states, almost all of them humanoid or dwarf or halfling, but uh, some recovering from clearly wounds that they've already been addressed to, but two of them in particular are actively hurt, as it were. Okay. Uh, I always like to start with the most prominent problem and work my way... I like to work from hard to easy. Yep. Alright, so you find a dwarf man who seems to be of a harbor uh, sweating man, and uh, he sort of looks to you through mostly pained expressions. Uh, give me a medicine check. Roger. Medicine check roll. 17. You quickly deduce that this man must have had his arm from about halfway up his upper arm nearly torn off of his body. <laughs> um, as it's been yeah. repinned back together. Uh, and you can see is is naturally healing at this point, but Probably so, not able to use it much. Uh, theory question for you. I know that healing spells technically heal damage, but they don't fix, like, broken arms or anything, correct? Do you mean, like, rended arms? Or, or you mean, like, broken bones? Uh, so his specific injury, if I cast, you know, healing touch on him or something, it's not going to fix the injury, right? Well, I mean, it will because it's already been his arm has already been reattached. Oh, okay. So it's it's not like the bone. You, you made the you made it sound like the injury was like his whole arm basically came off and it stapled back together. No, no, no. More like he got pinched by a large amount of pressure here, and the yeah. flesh and muscle was like being pulled off of the bone. Okay, cool. Well, we're gonna we're gonna heal that if that's all right. I mean, yeah. Um, we're going to do Cure Wounds. Okay, roll it out. And let me see. i got to double-check really quick the stats on Cure Wounds. So that would be 1d8 plus Spellcasting Modifier, which will be Wisdom. That's 1d8 plus 4. And then I'm a Life Domain Cleric. So when you cast Heals at other Creatures, I gain life. But then no. First, you're going to 
Okay, so I increase healing by 2 plus the spell's level. So each of my spells is going to automatically get 7, plus 4 for wisdom, and plus 2 plus 1 for Disciple of Life. Yep. And so I'll roll the dice. Remember that you can also cast it at a higher level if you're able uh, to cast spells at, of, like, level 2. Uh, I'm aware. I don't want to... I want to see cool. how much this heals first. So, um, 11? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, he seems to be almost completely healed. Uh, the wound closes with a, with a band of scar around his arm, and the pain eases from his face, although the experience seems to have tuckered him out and he falls asleep. Damn. Rest. Okay. Um, uh, so I'll move on to the next person, the next most grievous wound. Uh, it's, grievous about, wound. it's about this time that L joins you. L, you get the same sort of lay of the land and see him freshly heal a dwarf as he makes his way over to a human who is sort of uh, they're all in beds right but this human has a large bloody series of cloth strips across his torso ah uh does L have the healing skill uh that would be medicine uh while well, <laughs> L's determining that, I'd like to rush up to L and, like, get right up into his face. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hello. L, we have to have a serious conversation right now, all right? Now, so, I, don't, I don't know who you like to commiserate with, but I find that doctor very attractive, and as a mercenary, I need to be straight with you. I have eyes on her, and if you have intentions of flirting with her, I need to know now so I know you're my competition. This is actually a little bit refreshing. My romantic pursuits are often uh, torpedoed by other suitors. This is, uh, I appreciate your open and honest approach. And, uh, for that reason, I will relieve you of any tension. I do not intend to pursue her. Uh, Slate's gonna put his hand out, look you dead in the eye, out, and be like, shake on it. L gives him a shake. Uh, and so I'll look at him... Uh, it's, like a, it's like a dead fish shake, though. It's like totally flouncy. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Slate will respond positively to that shake. And uh, look at you again, Ellen, and be like, all right, a deal's a deal. The next time you need help with a lady friend, you just let me know. I'm the number one wingman in the entire world. And then uh, I'm going to go back to the, per the second person I was trying to heal. Sorry for the interruption. To be noted, though I cannot make any promises about her intentions upon me, and he runs a hand through his hair, like, totally. Oh, and I'm going to look at you and be like, fair is fair. I can't compete with that, those looks. Uh, the human male is asleep, although seems to uh, be not at the best of sleeps. Uh, well, clearly. L goes ahead and, and um, casts heal upon him with, let's give it a level two. You have level two heal? I have cure light, I have cure wounds which can be cast with any you know, 
spell Just bear in mind, heal is a different spell. You are correct. I do not have heal. I didn't think so. <laughs> um. All right, roll it out. Look up the. What? Oh, it's uh, I think it's like an extra D eight if you cast it at a higher level. It is. It's two D eight. It took all those pesky prefix words. Yeah, cure critical, cure serious, all that shit, and, and roll them into one. Yep. Where are my D eights? So that's uh, 11 plus my charisma is a 3, so he goes by 2. Okay, yeah. Um, the, the, so his, like, like I mentioned, he has like these bloody cloths draped across him, like almost mm-hmm. making like an oval on his chest of blood, splat, of a blooded cloth. You mm-hmm. can almost see that concave fill back up. El tries not to throw up. That's disgusting. <laughs> Do I see this, Dracon? What? Him trying to hold back? Yeah, is, he, is, is, is it discreet? I don't know. Give, give me a, dece- a deception. Uh. What is my deception bonus? Should be dex, right? Yeah, it's charisma. It's charisma. Oh. Uh, that's a 26. What's your <laughs> passive perception? 17. Yeah, no, he, he looks pretty held together, as it were. Roger. <laughs> All right. So I assume this process continues for the other four uh, afflicted. I actually want to look up... Um... Bards have a... Uh... Cards have a class feature that lets them add half their proficiency to everything they're not proficient in. No, no, no. Yes, but no. Uh, Song of Rest. Yeah. Everybody who's taking a rest around them, additional hit dice. Would that yeah. apply to this kind of situation? Uh, yeah. So if you, why don't you do that? And so you perform in that room a sort of soothing. Mm-hmm serenade uh, of music and song for an hour you know to be that short rest and designate the last four people during that short rest your ally slate here can perform four medicine checks to you know uh, reset the bones that are fucked up you know suture any wounds close however you want to do that I think that would be easy Oh, that, that sounds great Do you want to relay this to me, L, or are we just going to... Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, L, after casting his spell and getting an eyeful, uh, decides he doesn't want to do that anymore. And um, says, maybe it would be best if I stuck to my proficiency. I can sing a song that would uh, aid these people in their healing. Um, why don't I take this stool in the corner and allow you to ply your craft. My um, healing words should aid you in your um, medication. Slate's going to raise an eyebrow and kind of look at you uh, skeptically and be like, well, 
If you say so, I'll take your word at it. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to turn around and uh, I'm ready to roll the medicine checks when you're ready to play. Yeah. He goes ahead and takes that stool and pops his loot out. And uh, it's a super nice loot, by the way. Totally rad looking. Certainly has a magical flair to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So you perform your song of rest. Go ahead and roll a d6, and then uh, all all of the four of them are going to gain that many hit points in addition to what they're normally getting over the course of this hour. And then why don't you give me four medicine checks? Okay. That's uh, right. A five. Damn. Yeah. All right. Uh, first medicine check is a thirteen plus five will be eighteen. Yep. All right, second medicine check is a 19. Uh-huh. Third medicine check is a ooh, uh, 11, 16. Oh, that's not bad, 16. Yep. And the fourth medicine check is a, oh, baby, nat 20. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's odd at first to, to sort of perform your craft of healing to the sound of a song in the background. It's it's a little unnerving at first, and you feel a little like uh, unease. But within almost five, ten minutes of the hour it takes you to tend to the miscellaneous wounds of the four remaining people, you're like like throwing loops of, of suture to the rhythm of the of the song. Uh, you're, you're moving faster, smoother, cleaner, um, and by the time an hour is over, you've treated probably twelve different types of, uh, twelve different stab wounds, uh, uh, you know, reset a couple bones. It's 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 been a quite the experience. Hmm. Uh, so when it when it's all over, I'm gonna go uh, back to L with kind of wide eyes, and uh, with no small amount of sweat, I imagine as well. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm not clean at all. But uh, I, I'm going to approach Elle and be like, Elle, I'm not going to lie to you. When you said that playing your song would help, uh, honestly, I wasn't sure that it would actually do that. But I have a newfound respect for your craft and want to let you know that I apologize. Oh, well, if there's one thing that I can <clears throat> understand, it's doubts in my own abilities. So... No offense taken whatsoever. It's about that time. And with you... that, good. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. Oh, I was just gonna say, and uh, with that, I, I was gonna signal to Hell that we should probably uh, ring the bell. Uh, yeah. So it's at about the time where you start to come up the stairs. And uh. You, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's about that time where you hear the door at the top of the stairs open and you hear the uh, Dr. Vell's voice ring. Terribly unfortunate for that beautiful playing to stop. And she begins to come down the stairs and look and see all of the people much better off. And she smiles, uh, reservedly. You can see that she is quite happier than she is letting on, but she smiles at the two of you and claps her hands together a few times and says, 
Well, gentlemen, I must say, I am very pleased that you all walked through my threshold this day. Um, uh, Slate's gonna try and do his best not to blush, and, uh, say, uh, you're welcome, Doc. Uh, if you have the time, I'd really like to talk, um, about a few things. Um, specifically Desert Fever, but possibly something else as well. She nods and sort of turns over and sort of, like, curls her fingers for you all to follow as she steps back up the stairs. Uh, I'm gonna follow. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, you all are greeted by the time you make it back to that room with the love seat and the stool. There is a small table set out now, and on it is a pot of fresh tea and three cups. Tea, yeah. how nice. Yeah, uh, Sleet is visibly excited about the tea. She, it, it's a luxury in the desert. She smiles and bids you all to sit as she begins to pour out the three cups of tea. Well, that's mighty fine of you, Doc. I really appreciate it. Uh, yes. Thank you. The tea is strong, but on the sweeter side. It's uh, got a bergamonty undertone, uh, almost like an English breakfast overall, but a little sweeter. And uh, and she, after a few sips in and sort of resting her brow, uh, she looks to you all and says, So... Before we get into what it is that you wanted to talk about, uh, Slate, she turns to Al and says, What was it that I would need to pay you for, for your time? Oh, uh, honestly, this has been a marvelous trust-building exercise with my compatriots. I, I don't require any compensation. Well, she nods and goes, Very well then, I will double the payment for your friend. And uh, turns to Slate and goes, So, what was it you needed? Uh, well, the first thing I'd like to talk about, Doctor, is um, the, any knowledge you have on desert drought, or also known as desert fever. Um, symptoms, uh, conditions, anything that you've heard, and possibly anything to do more than alleviate symptoms. Uh, any possible cures, experimental magics, anything you've heard. She nods and between sips of tea answers the questions. So, as I'm sure you are unfortunately familiar with, given where you hail from, you know the lethality and severity of the disease. I do. Well, there are things that can be done to ease the suffering, and there is a cure. However, that is easier said than done. To ease someone's suffering and prolong their... Uh, suffering, as it were, you can... Well, this is a bit silly, but bathing them in hot water seems Mm -hmm. to stifle the progress of the fever. It seems very contradictory, which is why it was something discovered on accident, but uh, is very effective at mitigating a lot of the suffering that comes with the symptoms Uh, There was a case of a wizard who sat in a copper bathtub for three weeks, uh, repeatedly heating the water he rested in until his ally could uh, bring the cure to his his aid. That being... Sounds like a wizard. 
doesn't it always? The cure is, well, simply put, is to ingest a mixture of f simple healing tinctures, whether it's uh, whatever naturally growing antioxidants that grow in your area can be used, but the prime ingredients are troll blood and a drop of silver. The silver has to be have been molten at least once, which is a temperature hard to achieve without a forge or a proper situation. But then when you are administering the aid, it must be reheated again so it can uh, forget how you would say it, but mix in with the troll blood and healing herbs that you have. But this rather disgusting but potent uh, elixir can sate desert fever. Uh, and so with that, Slate's going to be quiet for a long moment, um, looking very... Uh, it looks like he's deep in inflection, and you can slightly see tears start to well up in his eyes, but he you know, obviously bites them back. And uh, he looks up at the doctor and says, Doc, you don't know how long I've been looking for that answer. I'm forever in your debt, and I'll remember this when you need help. She can't hide the smile that those words bring. And she rests a hand uh, ungloved on your shoulder and says, I know that silver is hard to come by in your parts, but you should spread the word if you can. And hopefully, despite the cost of bringing it to your, your people, it could save lives. Uh, and, don't worry, Doc. I intend to. And uh, before she re removes her hand, she says, I don't know who you lost, but I'm sorry. And don't think about how you couldn't save them. It's the past. I do my best not to, Doc. I appreciate the advice. Uh, and oddly enough, I'd like to move away from that subject and do my best to not make this awkward, uh, if at all possible. Um, at this point, I don't think there is any way to not make it awkward, but would you happen to be romantically involved with anybody? She uh, removes her hand from your shoulder yeah. and re yeah, and regloves it and uh, sort of almost blushes as she sort of twirls a finger through her hair for a moment and goes, Well, you're very forward, Mr. Slate, but I'm afraid I must rebuff your adoration. I am involved. And, well, I do not wear the ring while present at work, but quite thoroughly involved. And so Slate's going to be super embarrassed and start to like fidget with his hands and be like, oh, I didn't mean anything uh, by it, miss. Uh, I apologize. I was actually asking for my friend over there. He's uh, he was, very he was nervous. For me. He's I a very nervous guy. Your, uh... she, she stands up and finishes her cup of tea and sort of playishly uh, leans over and kisses both of you in sequence on the forehead <laughs> and, and says... Have another cup of tea, gentlemen, and then find yourselves on your own pathways. Come back if you ever need me. And she goes upstairs. And so I'm going to take the second cup of tea and uh, look at Elle and be like, I tried for you, buddy. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I, I appreciate your efforts. Anytime, don't worry. Al's, Al's like, man, just because it took her off your menu doesn't mean it's off mine. <laughs> just because there's a goalie doesn't mean you can't score. <laughs> oh. Actually, guys, adultery is a real problem. Don't do it. It is. It's probably so no, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real problem in Hollywood right now. <laughs> Tear our families apart for shame. And uh, with that, I'm a gesture to hell that we head back to the Tinker's house. We should. I'm most intrigued what's going on with our compatriots. All right. Speaking of which, it's been a few hours since they've come back. What have you guys been up to other than... <laughs> so, boys, all you got to do is make a sheet and pretend to be people you aren't. You roll this dice that I made. No. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, that's a callback. Uh, uh, oh, I remember what I was doing. Oh, I wanted to go get supplies to for the boat trip. All right, so, you can go ahead. We can uh, brisk over that. You just get me a list, and I'll let you know how much it costs you. Oh, cool. Then I want to find a place to fire off my thunder cannon now that she's <laughs> up and ready. I'm going to come and watch without a doubt. And by that I mean in the middle of the streets while drawing a crowd. Yeah, so Garen will sacrifice can see how awesome for this. I am. Uh, and I talk to the police first. Yes, there are Is several there... guardsmen around and you approach them. They look to you and goes, Hello, sir, what can we do for you? New to town? Hey, yeah, I'm new here. Uh, I was wondering if I could procure a uh, permit of sorts to do a little display of my... Uh, Wares, or where, you know, uh, if, how much that would cost me, or maybe I could give you a couple gold just to, you know, ignore it. Uh, they seem, one of the guards seems to be like, well, I was going to suggest that you go and speak to the merchant's quarter representatives and speak with them about opening a booth for demonst- for demonstrations, but, uh, well, if it's a one-time thing and it's going to be quick, yeah. Me and uh, Marcaeus will uh, will take five gold each, and we'll we'll empty the street for you. You have two minutes. You have five minutes. Oh, I don't want it emptied. I want them around, just at a safe distance. Anyways, here's ten gold. Go get yourself a beer. One of the guys uh, finger guns you with a single hand as he turns, and uh, you hear them sort of booming their voices, going, "Stand back! Stand back! An honor duel is about to occur. An honor duel." Sure. Hey, 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 Garen, uh, take that shield and go stand over there. Uh, try to protect your, uh, fleshy bits. Be brave. Garen would, um, sigh at that, but he did volunteer, and this is probably going to be cool. All right. Um, he walks a few feet away from Boomer and holds the shield up in front of him and attempts to put as much of his impressive and almost sensual mask behind it. All hey, right. Yeah. Uh, what kind of shield is this? Um, big. <laughs> I would say not big. <laughs> yeah, big it's a big shield. <laughs> it's an invisible shield. I got it earlier. You didn't know about it. Oh, okay. Fuck me. <laughs> I mean, I know shields all give the same base class, but big shield would fit Garen's persona perfectly. So nearly a tower shield. Uh, but is it like wood or metal? 
Uh, I had pictured like a nice, you know, sort of almost a testudo is how I pictured it. A what? What the hell are Roman shields called? Oh, okay, yeah, thank you. That'll do. A, a Roman shield. <laughs> no, there are proper names, but a, I don't fucking testudo know. Testudo is the formation. I'm a horrible person. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just spray. Yeah, good fucking pull though, by the way. But anyway, yeah, yeah. no, I know what you're talking about. So yeah, yeah roughly like that. Um, sure. Okay, uh, make a roll to hit. Hell yeah. I'm going to hunker down behind Boomer and plug my ears. Oh, uh, by the way, sorry, do you want to give me a performance before that? Oh, yeah, I'll give you one of those. I'll roll another dice. Let me get one of those. That's that's not bad. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, So you sort of not nervous at all, ecstatic, sort of raise your weapon above your head and call out to the crowd relatively uneloquently so, but rabble-rouse that what they're about to see is going to make them shit their pants, and then you realize it's probably not the right thing to say, but you dedicate to it real hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm putting in a a, uh, Thundermonger round. (laughs) Why? Why do you do this? <laughs> all right. It's all right. Garen will tank it. Yep. And, uh, all right, yeah, so roll damage. <laughs> roll what? Roll, roll damage. damage. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Hold on. One more. Hell yeah. 20 damage. Uh, 22 damage. All right. So... With a loud crack, a burst of energy shoots forth from your thunder cannon, just as you always felt it, with the same kick you've come to love. And the energy ricochets through the air and slams into the shield that Gaharan is holding. And not only does it disintegrate the shield into a pile of burning ash on the ground, but it also breaks Gaharan's hand. Gaharan, you take eight points of damage. <laughs> um, Garen squeals and uh, would have really appreciated maybe having blocked like a great club swung by a hill giant instead like yeah it's uh, not a dignified squeal he's just squealing and holding his hand uh, <laughs> saw that I coming yeah. I wish I had pressed the digitation so I could make fireworks uh, damn well, you just uh, did but to that the crowd goes wild yeah, see, I told you I'd make y'all shit your pants, and I look like some old guy in the crowd. I'm like, yeah, I saw you. You're wearing the brown pants. Anyways. They were blue before. And I'm going to walk over. I'm like, hey, buddy, you did a great job. I appreciate you. No need to squeal. It's all right. Let me see your hand. And I cast uh, Cure Wounds on his hand. Right. Uh, Valen, are you amongst the people watching this? I was standing... Like, hunkered down behind Boomer with my fingers in my ears, and I just yelled over his shoulder. Alright, uh... So, yeah, I'm right there. So, you, uh... What's your passive perception? Oh, probably bad. Uh... What is it? Thirteen. Thirteen? Yeah. My garble? No, you're just quiet, but you're good. I'm sorry. Um... So, you do happen to notice that amongst the crowd there is a spectator floating in the air. Oh. 
with a particular interesting quirk to its features. Its main eye, its main eye is you know normally it's got that one big eye, yeah. But its eye is like this, huh? Almost like it's 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 like, huh? I'm having a hard time trying to think of how I want to push this. Sorry. Is it its pupil that looks like that? No, no, no. The whole shape of the eye is like like that. Like, like scrunchy. Okay. Yeah, like like a, like a, like, a um... like almost like a really curvy hourglass. Yeah. Okay. Sticking around with Oblivion character creator. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and it and after the cannon goes off, it sort of like gasps a little, and sort of like each of its eye tendrils look at the three of you, and then it sort of hovers away. Hmm. We had some interesting company, guys. Uh, should I roll to heal his hand real quick? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Uh, uh, that would be four. <laughs> well, his hand is still in a lot of pain, but, you know, hey, you healed the nerves enough so you can feel the pain again. Oh, helpful. It looks fine, buddy. Anyways, thanks a lot, and I'll give him, like, I'll be like, this is for your trouble, and I'll hand him, like, a gold. Uh, and, and then if I have any moonshine left, I'll give it to him. And then I'll be like, hell yeah. You don't see that? That's fucking awesome. Um, Garen's going to kind of grit his teeth and old, like, clutch his hand to his, like, stomach. And he's going to take that moonshine. You bet your ass. But he's going to, like, poke at the scraps of what was the shield. And be like, I don't suppose that you can, you know, mend that. Oh, that shit's uh, powder now, dude. Oh, I know. He knows that. He's just... Okay. That's how he's dealing Sorry, with the Sorry, you, you said the word scrap, and I was like, that's really generous for the constitution of what this thing is. <laughs> it's, it's an orphan's dreams at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. You gotta admit, it was pretty cool. I disintegrated a freaking shield, y'all. Oh, it was great. It hurt a lot, but it was great. It'll be, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Just sip up on that moonshine, you won't feel it. Anyways, <laughs> Alan, you said we had uh, some people looking at us? Uh, like, like ladies? Like were ladies looking at us? Maybe not people. A, a thing. A thing. Yeah. Was, was, um, it, was it hot? No. No. Lots of eyes. Round. Big eye in the middle. Kind of yeah. staring intently. I get that, but I no. never used to be a loth kind of guy, but then I saw this really, like, good-looking spider once, and I was like, man, I'm really into thoraxes. Anyways, uh, you know. It was a floating eyeball. Oh, no, we need to kill it. Where's it at? Little eyeball hands. Eyeball hands? Yeah, eyeball hands. Like, like actual hands that are made out of eyeballs? I mean, there were, there were like, arms, and there were eyeballs, but not hands. Where'd it go to? I have all hands. It went, and I point the direction that it went. In a hurry, too. <laughs> Should we get some people, some other people, or, like, the rest of our party, or just ignore it? Or Ignoring it's a bad idea. Or let me definitely fire go after off it. Round. No, later. Let's, let's 
let's go after this thing and see if we can snag the rest on the way, because if we end up fighting whatever the hell that is, I don't know what we're getting into. We might need everybody. He might be friendly, but yeah, you're right. Uh, when has anything ever been friendly? Yeah, you're even more right. Um, huh. Hey, you don't happen to have, like, a, a fire ball spell, maybe not, like, something to shoot in the air like a flare gun that says, hey... Come help us. It's us, your friends. Boomer, Valen, and Garen. No. I got a lot of shit that lights up, but no, I can't write a small paragraph to our friends here. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. I, and then I look over to Garen, and I'm just like, eh, yeah, you're right. Let's go. <laughs> right, go. You're going to be our... Well, hold on, wait. Do I have another health potion? I'm fine. I just need okay. to not use this hand today. All right, can I, like, whistle up in the air and call my spider to me? Uh, you can, but the spider does not respond. Oh, no. That's fine. Uh-oh. Wait, 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 what do you mean he doesn't, like... Oh, God. Is he gone? Did you take my spider from me? <laughs> Well, what's um, what's the? I know you can communicate it with like up to a mile away or something like that. How does that work? Let me check. Let me double check. I have it right here somewhere. <laughs> with the narrative, and I'll tell you as when I find it. What? I was going to say continue with the narrative of us doing the street chase. Well, are you chasing them, or are you going to go back to the Tinkerer? I don't know. That's up to them. I'm just high right now on awesomeness. So the officer was just asking, do you guys want to go back to the Tinkerer first, or do you want to pursue? Well... Um... The direction that the uh, the spectator went is it kind of the direction of the tinkers or almost is it really completely opposite almost completely opposite direction. Shit, screw it. Let's go catch him. <sighs> yeah, let's go after him. Um, yeah, it doesn't really say what like how it works. It doesn't I, even say within a mile. Okay, then I imagine that its ability to sense you is what a creature like that would normally be able to do. So yeah, I got you. I, so I'm gonna say that it. it didn't hear your whistle or something. Cool. I'm down with that. Alright, so you guys go in the direction that you saw the spectator fly? Yeah, Bell's gonna pop mage armor on and said, let's go get this motherfucker. Alright. <clears throat> so, you uh, arrive through the crowd and you see the spectator turn a corner. You follow and you see the spectator float into a carriage that takes off. Like flying or no, just no 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 just like down the street takes off. Oh, okay, crap. Um, do we see anybody else with him or? Uh, no, it's a very tasteful. Horses. It's a very tasteful <laughs> shot where you just see like the mid of the carriage, so you don't like see the whole carriage. Got it. So you can't see the front or anything. All right. Yeah. I want to. Cast... We can like slap off a carriage and say this is the or police emergency. Well, I want to cast Longstrider on Valen. Neat. 
Alright, so you can run twice as fast. Yay. Right. Sweet. So do you want to try and chase it down? Yes, I do. Alright. Uh, what, what do you other two do? Um, uh, I have one more spell slot left. Can I cast it on Geharen and then hop on his back? <laughs> yes. You, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. You can cast Longstreet yeah, yeah. on Geharen. I was going to say, barring that, can I just pick him up and carry him in like uh, two hands? Yeah, you're just going to have to give me a, a periodical athletics check to keep your breath while carrying another person and all their shit. Hell yeah. The one thing I've got a six in. <laughs> Alright, so, so you guys, you, the, the two of you run down the hallway. Give me an athletics check. Actually, no, no, no. no, no. What's, your con, what's your con modifier? Uh, that is a solid two. Okay, so Plus never one. What? Plus one. That's a one. No, he said his modifier is plus two. Yeah, mine's plus one. Oh, well, oh. you're not carrying someone, so I don't give a shit. Oh, I thought you asked for, um, for both of us, sorry. No, 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 just for the guy who's carrying a dude. That yeah. makes sense. Just because, it, good. It's two, Okay. and I just rolled a uh, 19 for a 25. You don't need to. You can hold on to that if you want. Okay. You can, you can basically go through two things before you start to begin to peter right. you out. I'm just going to farm this happy little 19, water him, irrigate him a little bit. <laughs> grow to a nice 20. Now, um, <laughs> you guys uh, run down there and you can see that the carriage is heading back towards the Tinkerer's place. At least in that general direction. Um, has anybody noticed that we're following yet? Uh, you do see that the, the carriage does have a small window in the back and uh, you can see a pair of faces uh, with silvery eyes. Um, that closed the window in a hurry. Oh, no. I'm spooked. Um, what kind of wheels does this thing have? Wooden. Can I shoot them off of there? Are you going to shoot this carriage? Uh, I don't want to, because the police get real mad when I fire this <laughs> off with them sooner. <laughs> I can't um, imagine as to why. You just, dis- you just demonstrated the- Boomer said he could fire <laughs> No! <laughs> like pat his back like he's a loaded bazooka <laughs> well, how far how much uh, we close? can I see what's pulling the carriage yes a pair of tall black horses okay uh, spooky uh, not like extra spooky I mean they're just you know regular spooky okay cool I'm cool with regular spooky but if they you know had like flames or something then no they're nothing crazy like that oh cool it's going to cast suggestion on the horse it says creature i just read the card what's the reach 30 feet you're not 30 feet no okay yes this thing's almost 100 feet ahead of you oh shit okay i thought we had closed a lot closer than that no no you're pretty much moving the distance that these are going so like you can keep up but you're not going to catch it. Okay. Um, um, that makes me want to fire on it. The wheel's off. Are y'all willing to pay the fine if I blow the shit out of this thing? I'm I mean, scared that there are, like, actual innocents in this, like, carriage. You know, I'm just, I'm just shout back. Why don't we just follow them? We'll just follow yeah, them. Okay. No, yeah, okay. Karen's we'll just blood's on a piece of shoot the wheel out. <laughs> 
All right, so the long-strided duo just continues to chase this carriage. It takes a series of a few turns, and then you realize it stops as you turn the last corner, and it stopped right in front of the Tinkerer's house. Oh. All right, then. Huh. All right, I'm going to plant my heels and come to our cartoonishly long stop right, right up at the, the cart we were chasing. Uh, out the door, the that's just Karen, but less gracefully. It's about this time when your compatriots, uh, L and Slate, have returned. You guys have pretty much just walked up to the Tinkerer's doorstep when a black carriage pulled by two black horses screeches to a stop in front of the Tinkerer's house. Uh, and you can see, like, looking back at this, you know, sight, you can see your allies running down the street behind it with quite the quickness. Uh, I'm going to close his eyes at, at an all-black carriage with all-black horses. Some people just think they know what good taste is, and they have no idea. <laughs> and uh, Slate's going to respond to that. I don't disagree. This is a crime against fashion. Grab your weapon. <laughs> uh, I will now call for my spider. <laughs> and uh, to, to, like, cut off any, uh, you know... They try to leave, cut off. They're right. leaving. So your spider like skitters over and stands in front of the two horses pulling the carriage. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, it has its two like, four limbs, and it's like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually says that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it in doesn't. Spider. It says it in spider. Oh, okay. You mean that language it doesn't speak? <laughs> Robot spider. <laughs> I gotta be sure to give it a holiday pay. Do robot spiders dream of electric flies? In this brief moment of pause, so in my, uh, my short sword to my hand, okay. point it at the back of the, uh, the car and say, Alright, everybody out. Uh, I'm gonna go knock. Uh, hold the fuck up. I'm trying to tell you what's happening. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> and you guys are fucking motherfucking teleporting. This isn't Nam, okay? There are rules. <laughs> uh, I kind of like to market zero. You'd like to what? Market zero. Okay, cool. Um, so the door opens in this moment of silence, this sort of weird standoff, and out walks... What's everyone passive perception? Twelve. Seventeen. Nine. Twenty-two. Okay. To everyone's eyes, a lathe half-elf woman with very muted, like, features steps out. Uh, She is in leather armor uh, and has just past her shoulder hair. She is twirling a dagger around one of her fingers, and there almost seems to be like she has the blur spell cast on her, like an afterimage walking just behind her, doing the same motions. As she uh, steps out to the back of the cart, she sort of like leaps up like four feet to balance a single acrobatic foot on one of the poles of the back of the carriage, and uh, sort of dancingly spins on the one foot. Um, said, uh, and Elvish says you are make quite the noise and then this voice is an echoed 
we are here to bring you to your captain. And yet you make so much noise. It's at this point uh, that after image actually leaps from the initial half elf and and continuing the same like motion on another pole stops and sheaths their dagger and one of them points to the two of you at the door and the other one points to the three of you down the, the street a little and goes would you please join us to meet your captain uh i'd like to turn to l real quick and hit his chest with my hand and say dibs <laughs> completely uh, serious completely serious dibs likewise on the other side of the carriage Karen's gonna look at Val and say I like this one uh, she said it in elvish yes I'm gonna be like uh, ma'am I didn't understand damn words you just said what, uh, are, you, what are you what are you saying the two of take them us to the captains They're the captain of the ship. When it, did they say ship or? They said ship. I think. They said right. ship. Well, hell yeah! Let's uh, ask him what happened to that uh, floaty eyeball guy. Since you speak their language. So, uh, a little one wants to know what happened to the uh, the eyeball. Uh, the two elves leap off of the little like posts and back into one being. It seems with the after image appearance. And uh, every step, they step forward like five feet uh, bef until they are at the group of you in the street. And uh, playfully, oh, uh, so can any of the three of you want to give me a perception check? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 17. Uh, that's going to be a nine. And Geheron? Uh, that is a 16. Yeah, no, you guys don't quite figure out what it is that this elf is doing to make this appearance. But uh, almost teleporting around Valen, you hear their voice echo, Naughty one, dark one, lives under the mountain, speaks our language for their friends. Yep. What was your question? They like sort of appear in front of you with their head quirked to the side. Um, what happened to the eyeball? The big eyeball we saw. Uh, you see them raise a hand and go, oh, and point to the carriage. And from outside of the carriage floats that same spectator who grumbles in common in a sort of guttural, stop playing with who we are to take across the ocean. I would appreciate that. Come inside. You're to meet the captain. Inside the cart? It rolls its big eye and gets goes floats back inside the carriage. Alright, who's coming with me? I mean, Darren's uh, coming back. Put All me right. down first. Uh, I mean, might as well. That's right. <laughs> doing much else today. Alright. Uh, I climb into the back of the carriage. Are the uh, elves still present, Shurkan? Yeah, they elf? sort of uh, step back, uh, walking towards the cart and a carriage, rather, and arrive before the group of you. 
um, and sort of like leap apart into the two images and bow, uh, pointing towards the door as you all will approach. Um, can I talk to one of them? Uh, yes. They both look up and go, yes, shorter one. Uh, so um, I'm actually able to speak Elvish, so if it's all right, I'm going to say in Elvish, um, you ladies don't mind. I'm a bit claustrophobic. Can I ride the cart, or do I have to get in? Uh, they sort of look to each other and giggle a little and go, yes, but we must accompany you on the front of the carriage. To be alone would be against the captain's orders. Uh, Slate's going to look up at the sky and mouth thank you. Um, and then uh, nod and go ahead and try and sit on the f- top of the carriage. Or like the front of it? Yeah, the wherever the coach's seat is okay. or the helm or the the driver's seat. Yep. As you sit down and sort of get comfortable, the two uh, half elves sort of like leap to either side of you and sort of put you in the middle seat. Oh my god. <laughs> they Sorry. they both seem to like rub their shoulders against you to be that close. Um uh, Slate's face is gonna turn uh beat red and he's actually gonna be lost for words. Alright, do the rest of you walk into the carriage? Uh yeah. what about our carriage, I'll ask. It's right there. Yeah, yeah, no, but but if we're leaving what are we gonna do with our carriage? The spectator sort of like leans out and goes It'll be fine. It'll stay here. Hey. But I want, I want it to come on the ship with us. Oh, oh, it will. We'll bring a crew to bring it by. All right. Um, we got room for my spider and your cart? Uh, put it on top. All right. And then I'll whistle for the spider and I'll just like, you know, crawl up on top. Yeah, it does. And then goes into sleep mode. Uh, <laughs> cool. Sleep mode. <laughs> yeah. Sleep mode for the spider. Uh, spiders don't sleep. They're horrible 24-7. Um, <laughs> you should see it's Bluetooth mode. Uh, as Ella's getting into the cart, he'd like to um, try to... Oh, how do you lean... Uh, he, he goes ahead and, and, and just... Um, Get Slate's attention on top of the on top of the wagon, and says, "My friend, uh, you forgot. I was going to uh, show you this new spell of mine." And he goes ahead and casts Enhance Ability Charisma on that cat. All right. Uh, what level is the spell? Saka. Um. The two half-elves sitting on either side of him make a quick pair of gestures with their hands, um, and you feel your spell is counterspelled. And they <laughs> both shake their fingers at you and go, Naughty, naughty, don't cast. Where's the trust? I was merely demonstrating for my friend. I told him about it on the way over. Uh, oh, well. Slate's going to support that uh, suggestion and be like, Oh, I totally forgot about it. My apologies, El. But that was pretty cool, whatever it was. Yes, well... Uh, the two elves look to you at the same time and in tandem swapping words go, it was to make you more charming. <laughs> A useful spell. 
lets me tell you. Uh, by the way, I haven't really described these two elves that you're sitting between. Um, Please do. They're relatively like bronze in tone and skin tone. Um, their hair is blonde, and uh, as I said, they're half elves in leather armor, uh, and clearly have at least a dagger on them. But uh, they both sort of like boop you on the nose and go, "You're charming enough." Uh, uh, well, ladies, I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, and then he's just gonna like mumble to himself, and then kind of turn to L and be like, "Give him the like, what do I do look?" L gives it back and gets in the cart. All right, it's followed by a shrug, and then um, uh, the conversation will continue with, "So, where are you ladies from exactly?" They both sort of put their fingers to their face and giggle a little and go, well, we're from across the sea. Quite a ways, really. A place where rats squawk like birds. Huh. Well, you learn something new every day, I guess. Have you ladies ever heard of Rustdorf mercenaries and how strong they are? Why, we're sitting right next to one, aren't we? <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, you are. Uh, you notice at this point one of them is resting a hand on your knee. Um, yeah, what would Slate do in that scenario? I don't know. Think over it while we handle the rest of this interaction. Yeah, I think I'll think about that while you guys do your thing. Can we, can we hear what's going on inside the card? Probably somewhat of the conversation. Through, <sighs> through of which uh, you can see that the spectator's sort of resting in the room... Uh, is sort of like chuckling to himself a little bit. And he sort of like pulls out uh, a sort of telekinesis a clipboard, as it were, to in front of his big eye and goes, wait a second, his sort of eye stalks looking at the group of you. Isn't there supposed to be a halfling? Oh, yeah. Roderick. Um, I didn't know he was coming with us. Well, we saw him travel with you when you arrived to town. Is he not coming? Hmm. Boomer, you want to go get Roderick? Uh, yeah. Uh, let, let me go grab him. Uh, is he in the Tinker's house? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go I'll go run inside, but, like, uh, is he just sitting in there? Yeah, he's, you know, tinkering on uh, 20. Yeah, he'll be like, hey, hey, old boy, are you coming on the boat with us to uh, Betwintiarda? He looks and goes, oh, that's right, that is today. Or was it tomorrow? I guess it's today. I think it's tomorrow? Or But the captain wants to see us. Well, that does make sense. You're about to go on their ship for a long period of time. Wait. Hmm. I suppose. <sighs> Why not? Yes, I said I was going to get iron bark. I haven't been able to... It's good material. Yes. I think I will ride under this boat. Uh, under the boat? Well, hey man, do what you want, but I think the captain wants to talk, talk to us. They're, like, outside. And there's a guy, there's a, 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 a spectator out there. Oh, those are fascinating. Big eye? Yeah, yeah super big eye. And uh, there's two bronzy elf ladies that kind of move in unison. I'm pretty sure they're, like, twins or something. I mean, they, they use some sort of magic. I, have, I don't care enough, uh, but... Yeah, they're out there too, hmm. and 
Their cart's kind of cool looking. I mean, it could use some flames or something, but... Uh, he'll go ahead and confer to the Tinker if it's okay if he leaves uh, uh, 18 and 20 here um, and then tells 12 to come with, and he says, well, it's going to be a spectacle. I may as well be there. And uh, to which him and 12 follow you out the door. Yeah, cool. Let's let, let, let's do this. All right. So and then, uh, the three yeah, of you we'll... walk back out to the carriage. Immediately as 12 becomes visible, the two elves uh, sort of meld back into one image and approach in that sort of staggered step to, like, gawk and look at 12, who then, like, reaches... At some point, on like, halfway to the carriage, reaches both hands out and down and grabs two half-elves in its hands and points them to Roderick, and Roderick immediately goes, oh, I get it. Here's two of you. That's very clever, but Twelve is very smart. You should not fuck with him. And the elves nod, and Twelve sets them down, who they then sort of, for the first time since you've met them, move in real time and climb back onto the carriage. Speaking slurs and dejected uh, one-liners and elvish. Uh, Roderick leans over to Boomer as you all get into the carriage and goes, Twelve does not like to be gawked at. Very understandable. Has had to deal with that for quite a time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like to be gawked at. I mean, was it? did he get gawked at? Before he got turned into the giant wood golem thingy? Well, I don't know. I didn't much know 12 before then. Oh, well, did you ever, like, talk about it? See what he did in a past life? Or is this just another thing you guys do? Oh, yes. Well, I forgot. He sort of looks over as 12. Did you get gawked at a lot when you were alive the first time? And twelve just sort of like just shakes his head, and walks past the two of you. Oh, okay, buddy, ha- have a good one. You look nice today. Don't let those ladies, you know, make you feel bad about your body image. You're beautiful too. And uh, the th- the three of you climb into the carriage. Oh. It's starting to get a little cramped. All right, and so as the carriage. Uh, carries on down the road to assumably go and meet the captain. I think that's where we'll end it tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Cool. All right. I totally know how to pick up when we get back about Slate with the two L's. <laughs> uh, all right. So thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I am, as always, your and have been Dungeon Master Kenny. Uh, I had my entire party, the uh, cleric who just rolls all the dice he can when it comes to the ladies. <laughs> uh. Oh, sorry. Scott has <laughs> closed the door. Sorry, that was just too good. All right, sorry. Uh, Slade, of course. Um, our bard, who is an enterprising doctor who just has the most terrible bedside manner. It's okay, he was unconscious. Me, playing uh, The warlock who is pretty impressed with his bulky buddy's ability to 
to bash him to bits. It's Jesse playing Valentinus. Have a good night, everybody. Said bulky buddy who boasts quite the ability to bash his buddy to bits. And walls. This is Jeff playing Garen. Have a good night. And, you know, just the littlest, happiest old gnome clutching his newfound gun toy. Hey, y'all. It's uh, Dylan playing Boomer. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. All right. All right.